everyone, this is episode 65 of the Galactic Dads podcast. Today we're coming at you with some sweet Loki news. Actually, we watched the episode and can't wait to talk about it. Plus, we have some other news for you, including a little bit of movie news and some comic book news that Jedi John is excited to talk about. So we'll give you that, plus dad jokes and beers of the week. All that and more, so stick around. Five, four, three, two, one. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. What is up, everyone? It is B with the Galactic Dads Podcast. I am back for episode 65, and I'm excited to be joined today by none other than Jedi John. What's happening? Oh, not much. How's it going, guys? It is an exciting day. It will only be us two today, so of course, quick shout-outs to those who could not make it. Of course, we mean production Matt, Laser Eric, and intern Justin. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about something else this week, that we need to actually come up with a real name for Justin. Because there might come a point where we have real interns, and we can't confuse them. Uh, that's re- really an important point. It's very important. I uh, really need. I was thinking about this because on the socials where you could go say hi to all of them since they're not here today, uh, find their social handles in the show notes. Everybody will be there, including Twitter and Instagram uh, handles. But I need somebody to just do that for me because... Running the show, working, kids, all that good stuff. You know, the dad life, or responsible dad life anyway, makes it really hard to do appropriate social media posting. It is a nonstop chore. So even if you use sites like Hootsuite, somebody will post for you, you can schedule it. You still have to sit down and schedule all that out. It's, it's a massive pain. So I was really thinking, maybe if we could get like an intern for real and let them get some college credit and run our social media for us. We'd be in, we'd be in luck, but then of course, we'd have to refer to them as an intern, and then you know Justin would be confused. So we need, we need to move that along. We'll figure it out. But anyway, today we are excited because I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It just dropped last night. Uh, by the time we publish this, it'll be two nights ago. But Loki uh, has finally premiered on Disney Plus, and I have got to say, uh, I know we're going to get into it in just a minute, but I was blown away. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but wasn't that? And Owen Owen Wilson's mustache really did a lot of heavy lifting for the show. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get into it. First, we have to tell you about our delicious beers of the week, though. Um, you know, I didn't even do the intro. Dang. So real yeah. quick, let me do the intro read. You guys probably get it by now, but of course, we're the Galactic Dads podcast. Your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. Of course, that includes bits of dad advice for your daddy issues. We talk comics, video games, TV shows, movies, and whatever else strikes us is worthy to talk about. Uh, so, obviously, we're pretty excited for Loki because I jumped right to it before that. I mean, I think you're just out of your head right now because we have to wait 99 minutes for a pizza. Oh, that's ridiculous. I don't know what world. Okay, let me talk to you the pain of ordering something online, Okay. You order everything, and then they take payment, 
and then tell you how long it's going to be for your food to show up. Knowing full well, if I knew it was an hour and a half, I would probably not have ordered the pizza. Yeah. You're messing up, Papa John's. I'm, I'm looking at you. There will be no sponsorship opportunities with this kind of behavior. Got to work on that. I'm still going to eat the pizza, though. Oh, obviously. It better not be cold. Ooh. I'll eat it cold. I don't care. But they'll get a strongly worded Yelp review. <laughs> I've been sitting on my edge of my seat for that one for a while. Actually, you know what? I would just complain to them directly because then they give you like a credit of a pizza anyway. Right. Like That's worth complaining about because you might actually get some customer service customer service would be telling me it's gonna be 90 minutes before i order though that would have been nice online online oh well but that's okay we've got something to tide us over uh and those are the beers of the week but first if you want to see what we have been drinking which chad john's here so clearly it's been a lot uh you can follow us on the untapped app yeah, follow us at Galactic Dads. Uh, we post every beer that we drink on the show there and uh, find a good one. I mean, we just keep collecting badges. Yeah, last week was insane. It was like eight to ten badges. Yeah, it was kind of crazy there. Um, I mean, everybody brought like their variety packs and we're like, you know what? This week's going to be the big one. So, yeah, I mean, we're up to 145 individual beers now, uh, unique beers, I should say. And then, um, yeah, we are just cruising right along. <laughs> yeah, so definitely check us out on Untapped. We are at Galactic Dads. Suggest a beer for us if you think you've got something that's tasty. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. Send me somewhere. Send me send me something. Somewhere, anywhere. Anyway, I'd like to take a flavor trip as we crack into our beers this week. Uh, you actually took care of getting the beer for us this week. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to let you go ahead and tell us what it is. You know what? Just because I'm not sure how it's going to be, I'm just going to give the credit where credit is due this week. <laughs> <laughs> and our Patreon supporter, Rob Ryan. Rob Ryan, coming in strong. Hooked, hooked us up with this. Um, I'm going to put quote marks around hooked us up because I'm not really sure this was a hookup as much as it was. Uh, I don't want to drink this. I'm going to so leave this go. behind. Um, so I'm going to be drinking the O'Fallon Brewery Bramble Pineapple Mango Kolsch today. And uh, what do you got over there, Brandon? I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I've got the O'Fallon Bramble Passion Fruit Guava Kolsch. Uh, mine happens to be a 4.1% alcohol by volume malt beverage with natural flavor added. It's under the O. Oh, is you're it? looking for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 4.1 also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, natural mm-hmm. flavor. Um, uh, it's the malt beverage part that gets me. I mean. I mean, the last time I had a malt beverage on this show, I was iced. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know that's, what? That's your wife's fault, though so proud of her i know she did a good job that night wait a minute she crushed us she did she was like take this I was like, all right here we go so anyway we're gonna try these yeah let's give these a here cheers buddy uh, it's not as bad as i thought it was going to be there's the mango i'm i'm not sure i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a try i'm gonna really try to get through that i mean here's the deal it's not bad. I mean, if you like the the fruitiness of it, I think it's probably a good beer. Like, if I was looking for a sour, yeah, this would be it. It is a little sour. But I'm not, I mean, I'm not feeling the passion for this passion fruit guava. It's not there for me. Uh, I couldn't is, even tell you what guava tastes like, so. I don't know. It looks inappropriate on the label, if I'm being honest, uh, which would normally draw me to it. But, nah, man, I don't know. 
I mean, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. It's not a beer that I would recommend to somebody because I'm obviously more of a uh, a porter kind of guy. Or, yeah, this is completely off base yeah, for either is, one of us. This is not our normal wheelhouse. However, I'm always open to trying new things, and it might be something that if I drink enough of it, I start to like it. Because you stop tasting it? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I'm not reaching for this on purpose. However, let, I mean, let's give it a proper taste. Yeah, I don't know. I just, mm. well, you know, some of the beers we try, we love. Some of the beers we try, we hate. Uh, and some of the beers we try, we chug to get rid of them. So All right, that one's gone. Uh, that's well <laughs> done, sir. I'm actually kind of jealous of you right now. You know, sometimes you just, it's like being a dad, you know, you just, if it's not pleasant, you just power through just, it. Just chug through it. And <laughs> then now it's over. Not even a big deal. Game over. Anyway, again, check us out on the Untapped app. We have a lot of fun over there. Um, toast us. Um, suggest beers for us. Can't wait to get out to a brewery soon now that everything's finally really, really opened back up um, from COVID. So, yeah, let's um, t- let's talk about that real quick because I have been so excited this past. It's been about a week. Sorry, the Kolsch is fighting back. I use the term Kolsch very lightly. It's on the label. I don't believe it. Yeah. Anyway. I've been so excited because this past week I walked into Kohl's without a mask for the first time. Uh, and I've been going a lot of places maskless. And it's because like a month and a half, two months ago, I got my second Pfizer dose. So I'm good to roll, baby. I didn't get a shot in the arm and possibly turned into Magneto to not be able to go around without my mask. Yeah, it's been nice. I mean, it has. Even Stuff is opening. Concerts are coming back. Even the places that have mask required, you look in there and you're like, oh, so no one, no one's doing the mask thing anymore. Okay, fine. Okay. So the only thing that bothers me about it is I know I've been vaxxed, but I also know a lot of the people who are walking around maskless certainly have not been vaxxed. Probably not. Uh, but you know what? It's the honor system. And I mean, if you're vaxxed, you at least have a better shot at everything else. So <laughs> we're not going to go into that. We won't. We won't. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been nice that things are opening back up. And people can go out and enjoy uh, dinner without having to put a mask on to just walk into their table. So it's been pretty cool. It's also good to see people um, just see people. Oh, like, yeah. At work, I suddenly realized that, oh, good, all of my coworkers still have their teeth. Yeah, that's important. That is, that's very important. No, the um, people that like, I've worked with for a long time now, uh, some of them we hired during the situation. So they're like, um, can you pull your mask down? Yeah, sure. I just have never seen your face. I'm like, well, it's right there on the board. They're like, it's still different. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's still different. You look homeless in that photo. Yeah. You look normal now. So there you go. Um, no, man, it's just really exciting. I also don't feel, I don't know. There's just this whole different feeling right now. I know a lot of people are feeling it, but it almost feels like you're free to go do stuff again. Yeah. And just in time for summertime too. Perfect. So. Um, Really cool, though, speaking of freeing stuff up, we have been able to reach out to a couple of different shows, a couple of different creators. Uh, we're really networking and working on getting some things going with other shows, do some guest spots. Uh, so stay tuned for news on that. I'm really excited. Uh, we're in the early stages of scheduling stuff because now it's the scheduling problem that everybody's having. It's time to finally leave the house. It's summertime. Kids are home, but there's places to go. Uh, everybody's itching to get out anyway. So scheduling is going to be a conflict of sorts, uh, but we'll try and schedule some stuff coming up soon. And of course, let you guys know about beforehand. 
Well, let's get to the other daddy issue that I've had. And that is, should I buy my kid a bounce house? I mean, the answer is for the kids, yeah. And sure. I don't mean one of those crappy $20 ones you pick up at Walmart. I mean one of those things that you blow up in the yard and keep the blower going. I mean, I think it would be a blast. Just get a big enough one so that, like big kids can enjoy it also when the little kids maybe go down for a nap. I'm looking at one that I can jump in after a couple of beers. I'm like, kids, it's bedtime. Dad, it's 4 p.m. Daddy's drunk. He needs room to jump. Go away. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know my neighbors across, I mean, my neighborhood is packed with uh, young kids. Uh, there's probably like 30 of them below the age of five, I feel like. Maybe not. That might be a small exaggeration, but. Then I don't again, know. I left your house one day and it looked like a block party of toddlers. Yeah. Then, you, yeah. That's, I, I was going to say, then again, you've never seen my cul de sac in the mm. late evening before the sun goes down when every kid has their bike down there with all the parents and stuff. So, yeah. It's an interesting time. Um, is that the one where I'm parked in the middle of the street? Of? That's exactly it, yes. so um, I hope they don't yeah. key my car. <laughs> You'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, uh, but they have, uh, one of my neighbors has the blow-up bouncy bounce house with the water slide attachment and everything. Like That's the one I'm looking at. They get it out, like, religiously every other weekend during the summer, and it is a block party on their block right across the street, and it's cool. So, so that's the thing I have to think about, though. There are kids in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. If I blow that thing up, yeah, I have to expect that they're coming over. You might as well put up a lawn, like a couple lawn chairs and a cooler of beer and then just tell all the dads to come over. Yeah. You guys want to have a couple of beers? Yeah. Yeah, I would have to put it in the front lawn, too. Like, there's no way to hide it. Yeah, so, yeah, you're, you're having a party. <laughs> as soon as you put that thing up, oh, look, they're having a party. That could actually be a lot of fun. It could be. Just... Real quick, throw together a couple of pallets and make like a rolling bar on wheels. Mm-hmm. And just push it out into the driveway with a cooler. I mean, honestly, that's what I would charge. You know what? I would get a 30 pack and charge dads for. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I'd no. be neighborly. But yeah, but that's what happens over here. Like, I mean, people bring their lawn chairs down, they bring a, um, a wagon with a cooler in it, and then they just sit out there with their kids while their kids play. They just drink and have a good Saturday. Yeah, you're really making still, a strong point. For I mean, they're young and, and well, especially right now, like they're, they're your kids are still young enough where you're not rushing off to soccer or any other sports activities oh, every every single Saturday. So right. like right now is the time to do it. My opinion. Okay, okay, I think you've talked me into it. Good, good, because I want to come over and have a couple of beers. <laughs> You'll get it. I know you will. Absolutely, bring four. He'll have fun. Exactly. Oh, believe me, I'm not going to just come over there without my kid. Oh. Well, I mean, you have been so far, so <laughs> true. I don't think four has been to my house yet. Well, that's okay. I'm at your house today. We are in the Jedi Temple, by the way, uh, which, again, is running out of room. Your shelf space is gone, buddy. I have so many new toys, too. Yeah. Like so many new ones. Sounds like something we should talk about when we get to the toy segment. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm I am. I'm just, I'm just looking tears. around, and it's ridiculous. I even stopped to pick one up for you today oh, on the cool. way here. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> that was pretty dope, though. All right, so let's move it on. Let's talk about the TV show uh, that I was really, really excited about. Uh, Loki, the first episode, premiered uh, Wednesday, which is cool. I'm very grateful that they're giving us a show that comes out on a different day than Friday. Because Friday is for Bad Batch. Yeah, it's it's nice to get uh, two separate days for stuff. And... um it was good. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, if you have, hit us up on the socials. Let us know what you thought. Uh, obviously, it's going to be nothing but praise. 
Uh, this will have a bit of spoilers in it as we talk about it, but come on, by the time this airs, it's two days after, and you should have seen it already anyway. Yeah, I mean, so uh, episode one is titled Glorious Purpose, uh, which comes out of straight out of his Avengers dialogue um, from back in 2012. Uh, and it run, its technical runtime is 51 minutes. I think actual showtime is like 43 minutes, and then it's credits after that. They have a long credit sequence again. Very long credit sequence. Um, but uh, quick synopsis, uh, Loki, the god of mischief, finds himself out of time in an unusual place and forced, which is against his godly disposition, of to, course. Co- to cooperate with others. Um, director Kate Heron, who surprisingly has not worked on any other Marvel projects which is kind of cool but she, i think she did a great job this time around she did a phenomenal job and then michael waldron was the writer um also guys, great job great job if you guys don't know um some of the stuff he has he's he is a writer on dr strange's um multiverse of madness so that's pretty cool but he's also written rick and morty um in in, in the past uh along with community so i'm a massive fan of this guy yeah i mean and it kind of meta reference with the citadel of Rick's and Rick yeah. and Morty compared to the uh, uh, shoot uh, TVA, TVA. Um, and their um, Citadel, really. I mean, so it's it's kind of cool. And uh, the reference for the Citadel of Rick's is the uh, multiverse use for um, Reed Richards. It's the it, so it's like a yeah. brain trust of Reed Richards to. Solve the world's problems. The Council the of Reeds. The Council of Reeds, thank you. Which, of course, becomes the Council of Ricks for yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah, super meta stuff there. So really cool stuff. And, um, I mean, the, I think they did a great job. I actually was very surprised um, by... Did you catch Tara Strong? Yeah, Tara Strong was Miss Minutes. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. That, I mean, that's a, I, that was one of my little Easter eggs I was going to share, but I, I'm glad you knew her. But uh, she was Barbara Gordon. Or she voiced Barbara Gordon in Batman. Um, the animated the killing, series. The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. So that was really awesome. And then, I mean, she's done all kinds of stuff. Like, I mean, anything from Powerpuff Girls to uh, Teen Titans Go. And, I mean, all kinds of her, anime, all her, kinds of her voice stuff. Her voice is everywhere. really cool geek stuff yeah. is extensive. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, seeing her as Miss Minutes, or hearing her as Miss Minutes, rather, uh, was a nice treat. Um, the only... Like, I had one issue, and this is such a nitpicky dumb issue, and it's more of a curiosity uh, while I was watching Loki. Have you seen the Umbrella Academy? Yes. Okay. Why is it that the cool new aesthetic to use for Time Police is to have them stuck in the 1960s? Like, why are they using typewriters? They know future tech like you wouldn't believe, right? They have the whole timeline under their belt. And they're all like hand delivering memos. What are you doing? Get a cell phone. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I think it's just because I mean, visually it, it's it's kind of cool to look at. And it's nice to maybe think of something in the past instead of always looking futuristic. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's their favorite time. Maybe could, it's the creators of that world's favorite time because time moves differently in both those instances. That's yeah, that's so true. maybe that's the favorite and it it'll take the that same amount of time to get through everything. Like, yeah, it's crazy that Owen Wilson had a, um, a file instead of just a tablet pulling up all of it or forget that the futuristic, like he could have it like a Tony Stark computer in front of him that just, it just has comes out of his watch. Up. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, but yeah, instead, but they still file. Kind of use that. Yeah, in a way. Right. But mm-hmm. they they use like videotape. It's like half and half. They like it's it's this weird blend. Which the more we talk about, I guess the more it makes sense, right? Because if you know all of time, you would probably like to use all of time. Yeah, little pieces from everything. So I guess that makes sense. But still, I was just kind of like, why would they dress this way? I don't know. But it was cool because you get to see the TVA, right? So the Time Variance Authority. Uh, It was cool for them to immediately explain to you what's going on with this Loki. Because we know, having seen Endgame, that Loki dies. And now we have a brand new Loki running around. And it's because he is a variant who got the Cosmic Cube, or the Tesseract, if you will. And then immediately put himself into the middle. Where was he? I think it was the Gobi Desert in Mongolia. And as soon as he saw people looking at him, he was ready to deliver his speech. And then the TVA shows up. He goes, hang on a second. Yeah. He was even already starting. He's like, I am Loki of Asgard. And they're like, I I just love it. Wait, who are you? Why are, why are you here? His immediate default is to do his speech. But the thing about this Loki is this is the one from the very end of Avengers back in 2012, which they immediately tell you. Yep. They give you the date on the end of it, and then you get to see the scene from Endgame where he gets his hands on the Tesseract rather hilariously because of Hulk and then disappears, and now you get to see exactly where he went. And it doesn't turn out so great for him. The TVA apparently is very formidable. He even tells him everyone else that on um, there's a scene in the episode where they show just how incredibly powerful the tva actually is because they're all just throwing around fanny stones as desk weights that's hilarious to me it um, really is that was, a, that was a really cool like quick easter egg the guy opens his drawer because loki's like i have to get my thing back because they logged it as evidence and the guy was his just tesseract like, the, right. yeah the guy was just like oh we are you gonna tell me what it is and loki's like it's a tesseract be very careful. And like, then he gets shunted off into a room or whatever where he starts getting processed. And then later on in the episode, he Loki ends up escaping and finding the same guy wheeling this cart around. And he's like, I need the texture act. I loved the other thing I loved about that is like, I'm going to gut you like a fish if you don't help me. He's like, what's a fish? Exactly. Yeah. No concept. No concept of what, of what a fish, fish was. And he's like, what, what does it matter? I'm going to kill you. He's like, I'd like to, I just want to know what I'm getting threatened with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just it was a funny quick moment and then he's like oh sure hold on he opens it up and there are just it's a pile of stones he's mm-hmm. and and yeah it was it was interesting yeah loki realizes his magic is useless there it's just non-existent yeah and of course the stones are also useless yeah and we find out that the stones are useless because well we don't find out i think it's um an outside uh stores for that but they're useless because they're outside of their own dimension so if it's in dimension, you can they're they're useful, but like outside of their own dimension, if they get pulled out of it, those it's stones just a rock. are just a rock. Yeah, how crazy is that? And you even kind of that's see a that. good theory. Well, you even see it because the tesseract loses its, its big glow, like it goes more dull. That's once it, true. Once you, that you is see true. It that's TVA. a good observation. So like you see it lose its glow, power, fascination around it. So, yeah, pretty cool stuff. I think, like I said, this is a great episode. I mean, for a pilot, I I don't know what else it's we're going to look for. Yeah. It's super strong. We yeah. get the D.B. Cooper scene from the from the previews that we knew was happening, but it was still awesome when we saw it. It was even better because they Loki essentially reveals that him being D.B. Cooper 
was just because he lost a bet to Thor. Pretty awesome. And Heimdall. Right? I would uh, and Heimdall. Yeah, I'd love to know what the bet was. I, I mean, we're never going to find out, but I would love to know what it was for. Because that's like a famous scene in the trailer. Now we've commented on, on the show, and then all of a sudden you see it, and they're like, "So what'd you do this for?" Look, I lost a bet to Thor. Can we get back? And he's like, what? I do love it, too, because even he starts questioning the TVA and their motives because he's like, why didn't you cut in when I was meddling in Earth's stuff? He's like, well, that was supposed to happen. Like, that was that was in the sacred timeline. Oh, and he's like, who's sacred timeline? Yeah. And then Loki started really questioning stuff. He's like, well, it's not supposed to happen. Not supposed. We don't look at it like that. It's a little different, blah, blah, blah. But, like, yeah. Even during his trial, he tried to be like, oh, I'm not the one at fault here. The Avengers. The Avengers. Here. I smelled two Tony Starks. <laughs> smelled them both. <laughs> so, like, they were the ones time traveling. By the way, that was a great way for them to explain how that Loki would have known that there there were other Avengers there. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, because I could smell him. And I knew. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. And, we get, and that was uh, the tidbit from um, Endgame also from uh, Scott Lang. Ant-Man was like, what is that axe? Yes. <laughs> it's such an awesome callback. And so, yeah, it's just, it's crazy that they had that like, and they just immediately Loki used it in this show. Like, Oh yeah. yeah I, makes smelled, sense. I smelled two of them. And, it, it, and just like, it was completely obvious. <laughs> Let's talk about the other thing about this show that I was very pleasantly surprised by. And that's Owen Wilson as agent Mobius. He was great. I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, you see Owen Wilson, you think of all of his roles. You don't always think of behind enemy lines. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, he's much more than a comedic actor. He can do action. He can do drama. He can do it all. But I just always think of <laughs> Wedding Crashers for some reason. That's the Owen Wilson I know. Uh, so to see him show up and be kind of a time detective with a mustache that is excellent. I was very pleased. Very in his banter, like the chemistry him and Tom Hiddleston have. Yeah, whether that's was instant or they worked on it because they're both phenomenal actors, is it? It's great. I mean, we posted about that the day before the show came out. Like we were excited to see it. it mm-hmm. de- they delivered. They did, and not only did they deliver, but they make it interesting because now you want to know the very thing that Mobius or Agent Mobius wants to know: what is Loki's actual motive? And then you find out at the end of the show, the reason he's looking for that motive is because he's looking for another rogue variant, who, by the way, is very good at killing TVA agents, which I think should concern a lot of people, uh, especially with the power they wield. And he seems to be collecting the devices they use to prune the variant branches off the sacred timeline. Yeah, which is crazy. Which has to be extremely powerful. And if you've done it 16 times... You got a lot then, of then you've got a lot of firepower. Imagine if you unleash a bunch of those in the middle of the sacred timeline. Wow. So there's a real like threat that's building, and you don't exactly know who it is. Though at the end of the episode, which I won't reveal, because I don't think it's true. I don't think that's who they're looking for. But they tell you who the variant that Agent Mobius is tracking and why he wants Loki's help to track this person. Yeah, I've got my own theory on that. We'll save it. I think so. Yeah. Let's make sure everybody can see this. See the episode. I mean, it's only been by the time this airs, it'll be forty-eight hours. So, like, we'll give you some time. Let it breathe. We'll we'll share 
a theory next week. I you mean, know I've got we'll a be couple. talking about it. Yeah, we'll be talking about every episode. There's six episodes slated right now, so like we are uh, here for them all, and we'll recap. We'll tell you about all six yeah. every time. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, though, is the TVA does show you in this cool video, uh, 1960s style narrated by Tara Strong, um, Miss Minutes, <laughs> adorable clock. That clock could wake me up. It'd be I, fine. I did love how everything was like time oriented. Like they've got the Minutemen, they've got the Miss Minutes. I mean, it was yeah, cool. they were very on brand. Yeah, very on brand. Uh, the one thing I noticed though is the three heads behind the judge on the wall that represent the three individuals who pulled the madness of the multiverse at war together. Which, by the way, massive calls to what's coming in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, one of the heads very clearly resembles King, the Conqueror. Conqueror. Yep. I mean, you see him, you see that face on the wall, and you immediately go, "Yep, that's Kang." Uh, so, if you are into comics, um, good luck finding a first appearance of Kang the Conqueror, which is in Avengers. The exact number escapes me right now. I'm sure um, fact checker will let me know, but that book is probably just burning up in value today. Yeah. How about uh, how about I'll, I'll I'll give it one more go one more go because I have to you can do it so the little girl points out uh, the mirror. I knew it I knew it it's got to be Mephisto right no I'm kidding it's it's not going to be Mephisto because she points at the devil well she points to a stained glass window of that's the in devil. the visage of the devil but this is a scene where the variant that Agent Mobius is tracking has killed agents and there's one witness left. And it's a little girl, and of course, Agent Mobius talks to her, and he says, did you see who did this? And it's from the 1500s, little French girl, and of course, she points to the window, and the window has it's a devil. the devil it's on it. It's a devil, it. yeah. So, of course, Agent Mobius nods and goes, mm-hmm. He give you gum? <laughs> so Yeah, he's like, what's that blue stuff? What's the blue stuff? Yeah. And she pulls it out, and it's some very recent, not 1500s era, bubble gum. Uh, so he goes, oh, this devil brings gifts, which is interesting because why would someone leave a witness behind and then give them a gift? Not only that, though, why would they, yeah, why would they leave them behind? They just murdered all these agents and then, oh, you know what? They're going to come investigate good. this. You're going to talk to them, have some gum, show it to them. That's probably on purpose. Yeah, so we'll talk about that later. I'm sure they'll come back to bite us. But back to the theory. It's not Mephisto. It's not. It I know it's cool not. It would be cool if it was, though. No, I don't think so. They did make a little nod to Nightmare, though, during the show. Yes, they did. Did you catch that? Owen Wilson was like, oh, yeah, that's a different department. Yep. You can actually clean all of them up. Like, I'll, go for it. He's like, you just erase that whole department. Different department. Yeah. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal Too with it. Too much paperwork. Which... <laughs> I still thought it was hilarious when Loki's being processed. You know, sign here, uh, confirm that this is everything you have ever said. Yeah. And Loki keeps talking and more paper keeps printing. He's like, can't he sign this out. one. And then sign this one. I did like the nod to the whole, like, when he was like, are, like, can you confirm that you are of human descent? Like, of, of oh, organic. Organic descent yeah. that you would have a, what most cultures would refer to as a, as soul. a soul. And he's like, do most people not know if they're a robot or not? He's like, thank you for confirming. Please walk through. <laughs> and then and he just, he gets he gets up to it and he stops. He's like, well, what if I am a robot? 
He's like, you'll be melted from the inside out. Yeah, you'll be melted. <laughs> Actually, that machine that they're looking at, that he steps into, if you look at that machine closely, there's like scorch marks halfway up it uh-huh. from the ground up. So like, oh my God. There really are people that don't know they're robots. people that don't know that they are. <laughs> Pretty crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, it introduced us to the TVA. This episode gave us really the backstory through Loki asking questions mm-hmm. throughout the episode. Like, what does this do? Why are we doing this? So like, we get the real full backstory on what the TVA does. Kind of what's, the main plot points for the rest of the series are going to be um, we're hunting a variant. And it also gives you a nice refresher of Loki's history all throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. up to this point. Because you see everything again and, as a highlight reel. And in fact, there was something that I almost completely forgot. In Thor Dark World, when Frigga dies, who is Loki's mother and Thor's mother, she dies because Loki sent... The Dark Elves, when they were invading... You should take the left stairs. ...to that room because he thought Thor was going to be there. Yep. It was Loki's fault that the Dark Elves... Went there. ...and killed his mom. I completely missed that. I have no idea how I missed that. What a gut wrench for him, too. Because oh, he didn't know that. No. Like, it, even even the endgame Loki didn't did not know that. Know that. Mm-mm. So now this variant knows stuff that the uh, our original Loki... Had no clue about. But it's also cool to see that this variant knows he can't go back. Yeah, knows he can't go back. And I think when he went back into the room to see his future, he saw the rest of his future. And then you get to the end of his life. I mean, you you get to go see what happened in Ragnarok with his father accepting him as his son. You get to see him and Thor getting along, fighting next to one another. And then you get to his death from Thanos, mm-hmm. so, who he just got done working for. Yeah, so this variant literally just got done trying to invade New York. Yeah, with the Shatari army from, from Thanos. Thanos. And now he gets to see, oh, this partnership ends real bad. Right. And so it's really crazy that, I mean, and really all Loki wanted was acceptance from his family and to know he belonged. Ultimately, that's what he got. Even in our endgame version of mm-hmm. Loki, um, his... His journey through even Dark Elves, Ragnarok, um, Infinity War, and Endgame. I mean, we we saw him evolve. Yeah, there was a lot of character development there. It was also really cool to see how fast they can give this new Loki, for lack of a better term, all of that fulfillment in... Like 30 seconds. Yes. And to Tom Hilson's credit, he is good enough at being an actor that he can take you on that quick wave of emotions... From one to the other, from you know despair, anger, kind of relief. His father saying, "I accept both of you as my sons." That kind of stuff. The scene from Ragnarok when um, Odin just mystically vanishes, I guess for fun. I don't know. Uh, and then he gets to see himself die, but before that, he gets to see Thor just be honest and say, "I always just wanted you to be my brother." And so he goes through all of that, and he experiences all of these emotions, and then comes acceptance, the final stage, right? And he knows, yeah, I can't go back, can I? And that's when he begins to kind of consider the partnership or accepting whatever Agent Mobius is offering him. Yeah, right after he puts the moves on that uh, agent first. Well, yeah, he's still a god. Like, you're not just going to... He's he's not there to be stolen on. I mean, the way he got out of the room anyway was he... I mean, he pulled one over on Mobius and said, you know what, I'm going to steal this time device thing. And I'm going to figure out how it works. 
Cool. And then I have fun with it when someone comes at me. That was hilarious. Just stop. It. Stop it. Stop. Yeah, so great. It was good to see Loki be Loki again. Uh, and it also Mischievous was Mischievous Camp. Yeah, that's it. That was that's such an Owen Wilson moment. Oh, that mischievous scamp. Not there's an incredibly dangerous god running loose through the TBA. Just look at him go. Which really all that's showing us is that this is the Loki he wants. Right. And he wasn't even worried. He's like, not that far. We'll like, get him. We'll have to find him. Yeah, prune him. Do not prune him. <laughs> I like that though, they pruning like you're clipping branches off the timeline. So if you prune a variant, they're just gone. Yeah. I'm interested to see what other type of time-based characters might pop out of this show. Yeah, I mean, we'll I mean, we'll have to get into them. I mean, there's quite a few that we could pull. Uh, I know this is just all leading up to the multiverse. Very clearly. Which is still cool, because they essentially give you, here's the map for how this is going to go. And it's literally in maybe 10 minutes into the show. Yeah. So it's very cool. But final thoughts on Loki. Let's run with it. Uh, I am more excited for this show than I have been for any of the other uh, Marvel series TV shows on Disney Plus after the first episode, for sure. Yeah, after episode one, yeah, I would say the same thing. I, and I think um, it shows it in the, just the fan reaction and the ratings on stuff like IMDb. I mean, it had a 9.0. Mm-hmm. on imdb which i think is actually low for what we got out of the show i think a lot of it was just because it was um trailer scenes so we, right people had an idea of what was happening already in some of those scenes and i think that's why it got the downgrade but at the same time i think it was a great show uh, wonderful show i look forward to seeing stuff that we haven't seen yet from any of the trailers on episode two which will drop on wednesday which is great all right so we will move it along though as far as tv shows there's another piece of news that I wanted to cover because I saw the trailer for it today. And that is over at Netflix, uh, where they're spending more money on new shows than the entire GDP of some countries. Uh, they have a new He-Man in the Masters of the Universe coming out. It's a cartoon, uh, and it's coming to us from none other than Kevin Smith, which is awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm the, looking forward to it. The trailer for this cartoon uh, is very updated to today's animation standards. However, this trailer gives us the I Need a Hero song, and it's so 80s. It's so retro. I love it. Uh, it's, I mean, it made me want to go grab my little plastic Castle Grayskull and my He-Man and Skeletor and just start having them have a battle at my desk at work while I was watching this thing and being super productive. But anyway, as production Matt would say, I was on a break. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I watched a whole season of a TV show on my break at work today. Okay. It'd be nice. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, uh, so I would definitely go check that out. I'll have a link to that in the show notes because it's awesome and you'll be glad you checked it out. I mean, for real, it's got like the classic He Man. They didn't add any of this extra like 90s crap or anything. It looks like they just continue with. The se- like the show never stopped. I'm not gonna lie, I've got like a collection of He-Man pops. Like what you see here is like four oh, yeah. of, you, right you, there. You, I see four. You see four of them. There's like tubs out in the other room oh, of just God. just He-Man pops from the show, 
And uh, I'm excited for this because that just means that value is going to probably value is going up, baby. Yay, collection. So high, baby. So high. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so definitely check that out. I will remember to post that link as I write it down right now. Yeah, don't forget that. Yeah, that happens. Okay. And then uh, moving on to movie news, uh, I thought it was very interesting. Did you know that they're making a Flash movie? I've heard that. Indeed. Have you seen anything from that Flash movie? No. Okay, cool. So the director of that film, uh, Andy Muschietti, dropped a teaser image from the film. He posted it on his Instagram. But the teaser image is what appears to be the Batman logo on Michael Keaton's 1989-91, I think, in Batman Returns um, chestplate logo with a little drop of blood on it. So it kind of is very reminiscent of like Watchmen with the drop of blood on the smiley face pin. But I thought it was so funny. We shared it on our Instagram, the Galactic Dad's Instagram. Uh, so if you guys want to get a good look at it, go check us out there. But I thought it was hilarious. This is a Flash movie. And the first image that is shared is freaking Batman. It makes sense. Does it? Does it? I mean, arguably your most popular character in the DC EU is Batman. Arguably. You could make an argument for Superman also, but arguably it's Batman. It's true. It's Batman. So when you're pumping up a movie with a, I'll call it a second tier character, even though I think the Flash is building really quickly to a first tier character. And if they do the movie right, he will be um, Mm. as far as movies go. Uh, But um, for people not familiar with the DCEU, they might not know who the Flash is in real life versus I guarantee they know who Bruce Wayne is. So uh, I think it's a smart move as far as uh, like, oh, Batman's going to be in it. So you should probably go watch it. Flash has a TV show on. Batman does not. Right. Well, Batman did. He had Gotham. Eh. It wasn't exactly Batman. Okay. But at the same time, how many movies has a Flash had in the last 30 years? Yeah, Batman's got... Nine in the last 30? Seven, and then I definitely count Batman versus Superman. Oh, we might have to give it like 35 now because, shoot. Yeah. We're getting old. We are. Jesus. So, like, I just I just did the math real quick on Batman and Batman Returns. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, 30 mm. years. 30 years doesn't quite. Not quite covering it all. I think we're now at 32. Yeah. From eight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I, like I said, I got to expand it to 35. I apologize. Wow. Golden Dad moment. What I saw was really interesting that that was the first image. And, of course, the internet's reacted. Right. All right. And um, a lot of it has led to speculation that it'll be a lot like the scene from um, the Button storyline from the DC Rebirth era, uh, where Flash and Batman go through the timeline and meet Flashpoint Batman, who is none other than Thomas Wayne, who is the Batman of his, well... I, it's his it's his world, but in, in that particular world, when the robber hits them in Crime Alley, he shoots Martha and, and Bruce, and Thomas survives. Right. So he becomes a very vengeful casino owner, of all things. I, just, I don't know if that's going to play like that, but it could. I don't think, I don't think they'll go that way, uh, but it'll be, it's just kind of interesting to see visually how if striking gonna, it is. If Keaton's going to be in there, I mean, are they going to de-age him? 
or are they going to play him as Bruce Wayne 30 years later? I say they leave him aged. That would be That's a lot cooler. But, like, do they use him as Thomas Wayne, which would be cool? And they could. So it's possible to do it. I'm just, I'd rather them leave him as Bruce 30 years aged and still not out of the Batman suit because he Job's never done. either didn't find a successor or um, whatever else has happened. It would be really cool if they keep him old man Bruce and we get introduced to Terry McGinnis. Yeah, that'd be cool. Which would be super cool, even if they don't even do the movie or whatever. But you see Flash run into some kid named, hey, what's up? I'm Terry. Yeah, I work for Bruce. And then he's like, oh, well, I got to leave this timeline. And then every fan in the room would be like, yes, they did it. Yeah. Lose their mind. I would I would be one of those fans because that was one of my favorite cartoons that premiered 1999. Yeah. Mm, that hurts. All right. So anyway, <laughs> we'll keep it moving on that one too. The other movie news I wanted to talk about is I see that Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds yep. is getting some life again. Uh, it looks like they're gearing up some more promotional time for that with uh, previous trailers and uh, social media buzz. Because uh, it will now be released in theaters on August 13th. I'm good for it. I'm actually excited for this one because that movie seemed to have a really funny premise to me anyway. Uh, Ryan Reynolds plays Guy. He's just a nice, what, free, yeah. nice, normal. Uh, he actually is a, an ignorant character living in a video game. And so the crazy insanity that happens, this game looks to be heavily mo- uh, modeled after Grand Theft Auto. That's what I would call it, yep. And it looks like his normal day is just pure chaos and then somebody informs him dude you're in a video game and then his world kind of changes from there incredibly great visuals it looks like you know for a brief moment you're in a game world but it looks real and then they break down what's real and what isn't and the trailer does a great job of making reality versus video game a lot of fun and then you see this nice guy start using video game rules that are usually reserved for the player. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, it reminds me a lot of, like, Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. But it's um, just a guy inside the game that is just tearing up its ga- his game. So it's kind of cool. And it's Ryan Reynolds, so yeah, there should be, be some fun humor there. He'll be entertaining. Indeed. At the very worst, he'll At be At the very worst, he'll still be funny. Yeah, uh, at the very best, it, it'll be a great movie all around. Right. So I am excited to see that, and it's just one more token that, hey, man, movies are coming back. Thank goodness. I'm still excited to go see Black Widow in theaters July 9th. Can't wait. I cannot can, wait. That's going to be a good time. That'll be my first movie back in theaters. I'm just so thankful that they did not release that six months ago where I had to pay Disney more money. Another $30. Yeah. So now I'm going to go to the theater and pay them Way more than thirty dollars. Way more than thirty, but Disney Disney does not get all of it. That's true. In fact, forty five of that is going straight to my popcorn soda. Yep, yep, and a beer and a. I well, mean, come I mean, on, yeah. Anyway, all right. So we were talking about Free Guy. It's a movie based in a video game world. Uh, normally, we would have some video game news for you, but Laser Eric ain't here, and I don't have any new video game news to speak on. Yeah, I haven't seen anything caught my eye yet recently was there was there something like the elder ring or something i don't know what the hell that is okay all right i went looking and i was like i don't know what any of this is so we're just gonna move on on that one okay respect to all you gamers out there though but that does mean we move right up now to toys and uh judging by the room i'm sitting in i feel like you've got that covered this week 
Yeah. Gosh. Let's start with what I picked up on my way here, and then we'll move. Oh, yeah. That was a cool pickup. So um, Brandon did me a favor and uh, stopped by one of our locally owned toy shops. I'll I'll call them out, Toys of Our Youth. It's a great shop owned by Mark. He um, uh, does auctions uh, every other Tuesday, really. And, uh, yeah, I won a uh, Boba Fett signed pop by Jeremy Bullock. And, uh, well, I didn't feel like driving 45 minutes to go pick it up, so. I was already on my way here and passing it anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so I picked it up. Picked it up for me. I really appreciate that. Really cool signature, really cool piece to go into the collection of Jeremy Bullock signatures. And that's my third now uh, Jeremy Bullock signature. So pretty yeah, stoked. I count two in the case. Yep, I gotta get that one into the case. The case is on the uh, doors on the other side there, so I gotta. Oh, so I gotta, that's just poor design. Well, I mean, I gotta protect it from whatever. Smart. Okay, good so, idea. So yeah, I gotta um, slide that out a little bit to fit it in and figure out where I want to put it because, yeah, most of the stuff in that case is helmets. I've got uh, a signed Boba Fett helmet in there, along with a uh, um, vintage collection, the trilogy collection, um, signed one right there up front. So, yeah, I just got to find a spot for it because it's a cool piece. And uh, I, that's my first pop signature, so that's kind of cool. That also, is cool. Yeah, I've got an action figure signed and everything else, but I've never had a pop signed. So, really cool stuff. You know what? It's worth pointing out because not everybody listening immediately will know. Who's Jeremy Bullock? So, Jeremy Bullock was the actor that was inside the suit during um, Empire and Return of the Jedi. So, uh, originally. The actor, the actor who that, is Boba Fett. Yeah. And then his, uh, I don't think he even did the voice for him originally. And then his voice got dubbed over with Tamara Morrison for the re-release of them. So, Are you going to start seeking out Tamara Morrison for signatures? I'll probably do some, but um, we'll see. You're a purist. You're an old school. Yeah, I enjoy the OT, so that's the original trilogy for all those people that don't know Star Wars lingo. Uh, I do enjoy the OT, but I I might pull some. I mean, for instance, if they do a Mando figure. With Boba, I will definitely go try to get Tamura. Or if they do Book of Boba in his armor, oh, yeah. I'll get Tamura. But for the stuff that I know is the OT, I mean, it just it belongs to them. Um, but it would be cool to like if I could get that one pop signed by Tamura and uh, Daniel Logan, who was um, Kid Boba Fett and Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. That would be sweet. That like, actually would that be, really would be cool. something that I would do. I would take that and get it signed by the other two guys. It'd be a three-peat mm-hmm. the completion. All three Bobas. Yeah, really the trilogy awesome. trilogy of Bobas. Um, but yeah, um, as for um, Hasbro, they did the uh, um, I Am Your Father's Day releases uh, from Hasbro Pulse the other day. Which is so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it is. I like, Am Your Father. I Am Your Father. Day. Uh, so they announced a couple things. Um the big stuff was the Black Series figures that they announced. They are redoing the Rogue One figures that came out five years ago uh, in their new packaging. So their new packaging, I know Brandon's in the room right now, but yep, um, the ones with the photos on the side of the boxes, that's the new packaging. So now we're going to get a Rogue One series for the photos on the side, which is cool. Uh, uh, I'm a little disappointed in that for various reasons. Uh they're just printing money at this point. That is yeah. ridiculous. It's literally just a different box. Like I have all these <laughs> figures over there except for, so they're releasing a Bodhi Rook, which we don't have a Bodhi yet, which everyone's been complaining about for five years now that we don't have a Bodhi. All right. And he was a pretty 
important character in that movie. He was the pilot that turned to the rebel side as the informant for Galen Erso to deliver the Death Star, uh, to deliver the information to the rebels so they knew to go to Scarif to get the plans. Gotcha. So, and he was the one that got blown up in the ship. They threw the, they threw the grenade, but he connected the. Oh, yeah, he was a to make sure he was a pilot. Okay, was, yeah, so he was okay. an important player. Okay. He was the only important player in that movie that we did not have as an action figure out of the Rogue One crew, so to speak. That's messed up. It was it was messed up. That was there. a pivotal. Without him, those plans never get delivered. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we're happy to have him now. We also got Galen Erso, which is a Target exclusive um, coming out. And then we also got um, on Antoc Merrick, who was uh, the blue leader for the X-Wing pilots that flew into Scarif to help. He was the guy with the mustache, red hair. Um, I assume we're getting, I assume we got him because we will see more of him in Andor when that show debuts on Disney Plus with Diego Luna as Cassian Andor from Rogue One. So, I cannot wait. Yeah, but for the rest of that um, show that we did get, um, Sharut, Baze Malbus coming back. Uh, they got the face print technology now, which they didn't have five years ago, so their faces do look better, along with Jin Erso and Cassian Andor uh, and K2SO, which figure didn't change because mm-hmm. his face is still a robot face. Uh, go figure, everybody. Um, I, I'm a, a little disappointed in that announcement, the whole thing, just because like you can walk into a Walgreens right now and probably find a Cassian or a Jin Erso figure. That's still on sale for full price because Walgreens never marks anything down, <laughs> and they're five years old sitting it's on. It's not the my business model, and so it just is frustrating to get see. the Walgreens card. Yeah, uh, they did announce some other things in the pipeline that are pretty pretty exi- exciting, like uh, Bib Fortuna's in the pipeline, which I will definitely be picking him up when he gets announced finally. And there's a few other um, characters coming out. They announced a new archive line, which is just repack figures from older lines that may have been uh, that are now hard to find. Uh, but one of them was the original Obi-Wan figure, which you can see my shelf up there. It's just his Jedi. It's like Attack of the Clones Obi-Wan um, in the archive line now, uh, which is nice because we have um, Anakin Skywalker from Episode 3 in there already, so it's nice to get his counterpart. Whatever you and, got, tell yourself. Go and, ahead, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be picking him up. Um, <laughs> we got Princess Leia um, in her outfit from A New Hope. That's a disappointing figure to be. Um, not that I don't love Leia. I mean, Carrie Fisher is a goddess for Star Wars fans and myself, but we just got her figure three years ago, the exact same figure in the 40th anniversary for a New Hope mm-hmm. line that's already sitting on my shelf. So it's the same figure, just repackaged a new package. Mm-hmm. And you're a sucker. You're going to buy oh, it. Oh, I'm totally getting yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, we're getting Darth Revan in the archives, which I love that figure. He's one of my favorite figures from the Old Republic. Uh, unfortunately, that also means that my original Darth Revan figures are going to drop value because the archive line will have a new one that people can pick up for $23. You're uh, such an economist I when know, it comes to these figures, I know, it's man. so frustrating. Um, and But then the, ne- the new one that's coming out, um, the fourth one in that wave is going to be one of the clone troopers. Uh, and uh, it's a phase one clone trooper. No, phase two clone trooper. I'll have to look that up. Whatever. It's got the blue stripe on him. Really cool figure. We haven't got him since um, one of the multi-packs, I think. And so he's going to be a hot commodity when he comes out. I, I don't think. Maybe it was a clone lieutenant. I'll have to look back. Either way, um, everybody loves their clone troopers when they come in these archives or a new wave because uh, they're great for army builders, so they'll be big. Um, the other things we got, we found out the HasLab is going back to Star Wars, except they are going to um, 
go with the Black Series, which is the six-inch line that I can collect. Uh, the last Star Wars one they did was uh, the Razor Crest for the 3.75-inch line for the Vintage Collection. Uh, we saw a picture of it for the first time with John Favreau holding it the other day. It's massive. It is huge. It's I mean it's a it's a 3.75 inch scaled Razor Crest ship, and it is massive. And if you don't immediately know, the Razor Crest is the name of the ship that Mandalorian pilots in the Mandalorian TV show. Right. Um, so it looks great. It does. It and, looks cool. Uh, yeah, I'm excited that I have uh, one coming to me in October or November this year, whenever it actually well, gets launched. One? What? Oh, okay. No, maybe two. But anyway, <laughs> dang it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, this is the first Black Series one they've done. They said it's not going to be a vehicle, so I'm really pumped to see what we get. I hope we get a 112th scale Rancor. Like, I think that would be That would be sweet. cool. Um, but I actually think it's going to be some kind of, like, more of a playset type thing, like a Java's Palace or Cantina setup or Death Star throne room set. Like I hope, I mean, I really still hope it's a Rancor because it's going to be as big as that Tie Fighter. Maybe not as big as the Tie. Okay, Fighter, that's cool. Because the, then you could put Luke in front of it with a bone and watch it die. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, like uh, a one twelfth scale Rancor would be because that's what that is. That's a one twelfth scale of Tie Fighter. So like. The Rancor is smaller than that, so I mean, but it's still going to be massive compared to one of these. And we need to take a picture of that and throw it up on the socials. Yeah, I'm just so people know what we're talking about. I'm actually thinking right now, like, I mean, just for size purposes, that Rancor was freaking huge. So maybe half the size of that, one wing, maybe. Probably. Anyway, um, moving on. But yeah, like, uh, I'm hoping for a Rancor because if it's going to be a creature, it might as well be one of the most, like, the biggest creatures we see in Star Wars. Definitely, probably one of the more well-known creatures from all Star Wars too. And now that I'm thinking about it, considering they just did the um, Razor Crest, it could be the Crate Dragon from Tattoo. I actually was about to either suggest the Crate Dragon, or I oh. don't think it'll be popular enough from Rise of Skywalker. But what it, whatever the snake thing is that she heals. Oh yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. God, I hope not. Haslab stuff is generally pretty expensive, so they gear it towards the. Um, older collector group. I ain't collect. I got gotcha. you. I mean, that makes sense. Well, for instance, that Razor Crest was three fifty for the Haslab <laughs> Razor Crest. It's three fifty. Oh my god! And so I think they. Your did. wife doesn't listen to this show, no, right? No, okay, no, 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 not this part. Not this deep end, at least. <laughs> uh, the uh, you're safe. She'll never get here. Um, but the uh, the last Haslab that went was the Sentinel from Marvel, like. Oh, yeah, that thing's awesome. I saw the video of it during their Hasbro Pulse Fest um, um, a couple months ago. It looked great. It can physically hold up a Marvel Legends figure, which is also a six-inch figure from on the Marvel side of the game. Mm -hmm. And so it can physically hold up a action figure and still stand up straight, and it's, it's Which impressive. is what you need. It's impressive. And uh, I'm, I think that went for... 250 but it was again but yeah so these haslab items are expensive items so they need to gear it towards the people that are going to have the money to pay for it pay for it because if it doesn't get backed it gets canceled oh that's right yeah so it's a tier it's like vacuum. an all or none that's right yeah so like there's a tier one minimum purchase level so if they don't hit it they cancel the item but if you get to tier two for so many backers they add an item like an add-on 
tier three, tier four, tier five. It's like Haslab's way to refund yeah. their own Kickstarter. Like, for instance, the Razorcrest hit all their tiers. Oh, of course it did. I remember you talking about that yeah. on the show. Yeah, pretty awesome stuff. We've been waiting since November. <clears throat> yeah, it's been a while. So it's November to, to I think, November, actually, is when we're going to get it. And then I'm going to have to explain two big boxes at the front door. No, you won't. Have one shipped to my house. It's fine. I'll never get it back. <laughs> sure you will. You come to Studio Prime all the time. Except except when I get it back to the house. I don't know how I'm going to get it inside. I don't know. We'll, we'll build drywall around it or something. I don't know. Hey, let's let's move it on, though, because we do need to talk about some comics. Cause oh, yeah. It's some cool stuff, and John's actually in on the comics fund this week, too. Uh, but first off, I want to talk about, I think I mentioned it last week, uh, is a book that came out last week, but it is a DC Black Label book called The Nice House on the Lake, and it's written by James Tinian IV, uh, who's currently writing Batman, and Something is Killing the Children over at Boom Studios, which that book is just exploding. It's taken off, and um, much kudos to everybody involved on those teams. However, The Nice House on the Lake is, is I saw it described on a couple of different comic sites as like the perfect first issue. And I can kind of get behind that, because what you essentially get is this is an apocalyptic book. Uh, a bunch of friends get together. They go to an, someone's really nice house on the lake, and then the world falls apart around them. But they still get to live on this lake. Um, what it does is it introduces the world, the characters, and even the antagonist very clearly and very well, uh, but leaves enough at the end of the issue for you wondering about to make you really want to go get issue two. Like it is the perfect setup for a comic book. It gets you to turn each page and then still want to move on to the next issue by the end of the story. So of course uh, it's definitely a book that I will be looking for. I'll probably go ahead and pre-order the next issue uh, at Justin's comics. But great. Yeah. I meant to read it last week. I didn't get to it. I got to it this weekend and I really enjoyed it. So if you're looking for like to get into comics, but you you don't really know how you feel about superheroes, and if that's the case, I'm just glad you're still listening. Uh, but this is this is a great book to pick up as a new comic reader because it's not traditional, but it's still really entertaining and really shows what the medium of comic books can do. So I highly recommend you pick up the Nice House on the Lake. Nice, indeed. Well, in last week, this is good. This is so good. I'm so excited about this. So first, first off, there's a new comic that came out last week, but the other one I'm waiting for right now is the High Republic, which I haven't really talked about a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually went out and picked up all five copies of the first, well, the first five issues that came out already for the High Republic. Did you get first prints? I did not get first prints for number. I know my co-host on the Force Diet over there, uh, Special K. Did go get a first print on the first issue, which is pretty awesome. It is awesome. Um, I didn't. I mean, he didn't overspend it. I don't think so. I mean, it was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a matter of like, did I need a first print? Eh, maybe. Do I still need it? Maybe. Oh, I can still go get it. I think at this point he's going to get all the single issues and then go buy the trade when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is, I'm stoked. I'm happy to hear that. But uh, the High Republic. It's written by Kevin Scott. Uh, uh, over at, um, I believe it's still under IDW um, for a, a high, high Republic. Um, 
I think it's Marvel. Did they move it to Marvel? Mm-hmm. They may have moved it to Marvel. I know the next one I'm going to talk about is Marvel. It's yes. uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters. And this storyline takes place in between um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi while Boba Fett has left Cloud City with Captain Solo, uh, Frozen Carbonite, and he runs into some trouble, um, as we find out in the issue. Um, we go deeper into that breakdown, but really, I mean, if you love uh, Boba Fett, if you love Star Wars and the the rest of the lore that you might be missing in between movies, this is going to start filling stuff in. This is by Charles Soule, uh, has written lots of Star Wars in the past. Yes. Um, and so uh, go check it out. I mean, first issue just came out last week. Uh, Bubble Fett Han Solo on the cover, so you can't go wrong there. And then uh, next issue due out uh, mid-July. Uh, but super good stuff. Um, you get to see a lot of new, ba- well, not new bounty hunters, but you get to see a lot of um, your original trilogy bounty hunters from Empire, um, along with a face you haven't seen since uh, the movie Solo. So really cool stuff. Yeah, Charles Soule is an incredible writer. He's been writing comics for a long time now. Uh, he was even writing Rage of the Red Lanterns over at DC when the Red Lanterns were still popular enough to carry their own series for a while. Uh, then he took over at Daredevil, uh, put together a great run there. Uh, it's even better, more fitting, because if you're going to write Daredevil, who is an attorney, why not be one yourself, which Charles Soule is. So he has great writing from experience there. Uh, and he's written several other novels, one of them being Oracle. Or, I'm sorry, The Oracle Year, which was a very good book. Uh, and he's really just continues to do a bang-up job. So everything he does on Star Wars is not surprisingly great. And also, real quick fact check, it is uh, The High Republic is published through Marvel. Marvel, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I know it used to be... Um, Scott used to do a lot of stuff through IDW. Maybe that's why I got confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, and he still does. Yeah, uh, He still has books come out uh, that are on the IDW publishing brand of Star Wars, which uh, I think Michael Morrissey was doing. The Battle Tales still mm-hmm. did through Battle Tales, and those are through IDW as well. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm messing it up. Yeah, it happens. That's It's weird when a, a property, an intellectual property, goes through different publishers. I think it's hard to keep up with. Yep. So... But anyway, uh, and then also in comics, uh, this week, Batman the Detective number three came out. Uh, that is written by none other than Tom Taylor, who is an incredible writer. Uh, he is uh, taking Batman to jolly old London, and it's it sounds, I know, why not? But uh, it's actually a really good series. There's a great reason for Batman to be in London. Somebody is systematically murdering all of the people that Batman has saved throughout his career. And so Batman tracks this individual to London. Uh, there's a great scene in the second issue where he is dangling, um, a, you know, just a henchman. He's pumping for information. Uh, he's throwing him off the side of Big Ben, the big old famous clock tower in London. Uh, and uh, you get to see a lot of different stuff. Uh, you even get to see the reintroduction of Henry Ducard, uh, who is the manhunter who trained Bruce back when he was going around the world learning his skills. Uh, so there's a really good kind of reunion between those two characters and uh, becomes obvious that Bruce has philosophical differences with his former mentor. And then that is only further expanded on, on the cliffhanger of issue two and issue three, we get to see kind of 
what happens next and is Batman going to be able to figure out who this new criminal organization is that's killing the people he saved, which if you're Batman, you take real personal. Uh, so I'm really excited for that book this week as well. And then sounds that's good. it. That's that it for comics good, right now. A lot of good stuff. A lot yeah. of good stuff. Uh, I am looking at a bunch of um, Scout comics that uh, we are now on their press list. So we get uh, reviews and advanced reader preview copies of a lot of their books. So we'll be talking about those, um, that publisher coming up. Awesome. Good stuff there. I think, it's, I think that's pretty cool. Big shout out, Scout Comics. Yeah. All right. So I think it's time for Dad Jokes. I think that's it. Yeah. You got one? Time. Oh, is, is it my turn first? I want you to go first because uh, I want to see what kind of dad jokes you're telling this week. Oh, that's that's fair. So, um, okay. Set, the, you, tone. Set uh, the tone. What do you call a pudgy psychic? A fortune ter- teller. Fortune. Fortune. Okay, yeah. Mm. Fortune. Yeah. Uh, mm, okay. Was it not good? No, no. I was, I, for some reason, my brain wanted that to be four ton teller. Oh, wow. But it just wasn't doing it. It wasn't doing it. How about uh, want to know why nurses like red crayons? Sometimes they have to draw blood. <laughs> okay. I like that one. <laughs> so anyway, I got an email the other day telling me how to read maps backwards. Turns out it was just spam. Yep. I did my head before you finished, but mm. like, yep, it's still mm-hmm. going to be good. Yep. Yep. Uh, hey, what do you call an angry musician flipping off s- someone? I don't know. A songbird. <laughs> my neighbor told me he was scared to plant an apple tree. I told him to grow a pear. I just enjoy this joke because we all have them. So, my boss told me to have a good day, so I went home. <clears throat> so I named my phone Titanic. Now whenever I use Bluetooth, it says that Titanic is sinking. <laughs> oh, man. I like that one. <clears throat> That's a good one. Oh it still God. takes guts to be an organ donor. Indeed it does. My neighbor claims his golden retriever dog can bring a ball back from half a mile away. I don't know. That seems a bit far-fetched to me. <laughs> I don't know. I think those were good. That was uh, that's what we had. That's what we had to work with today. That is. And we kept it relatively clean. Yeah. I think we did great tonight. I'm proud of us. Pretty good. Really proud of us. All right. So we have reached the part of our show where we, of course, give thanks and shout out to those who have earned it. And that, of course, is our Patreon producer level and above subscribers to the show. Our patrons, if you will. Um, Our first and foremost. It almost sounds silly to say now because the man does so much more than, than just you know, contribute on a producer level. Uh, he's also a really good coworker. I see him every day. 
But he's the very first Patreon subscriber that we ever had and came out of the gate hot at the producer level. And that, of course, is Keith Jefferson. Uh, he's an incredible man and is a self-described geek and proves it almost daily at work and is a good father on his own in that vein. So, of course, we have nothing but praise for Keith Jefferson. Um, the next guy on our fantastic list of patrons. Fantastic. Uh, Special K. He's also known as Obi Sean Kenobi over on uh, the Force Dad podcast. He's my partner in crime over there, along with Godfather to my son. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Good dude. Yeah, he's obviously. Great dude. Um, he can't say he's better at bowling right now, so I'm just gonna stick that to him. And wow, then, uh, I yeah, some one of the two of us set a league record on on Monday night, and was I'll it just, him? I'll just say it was not him. So, oh, okay, uh, but anyway, great dude, humble brag. I I, I really enjoy bowling with him uh, and playing golf, even though I lose. Um, and then uh, yeah, great great guy, and thank you for all your support as always. And then uh, look forward to casting with you uh, next week also. Very good. And then, of course, back this week is the one and only self-appointed Galactic Dad's fact checker. Uh, he is also, what else is, he has a whole other one. Anyway, he will tell you if you follow him on Instagram that Birkin ain't easy. Uh, he is a Lego collecting madman, a uh, huge supporter of the show uh, in a lot of different ways. And he apparently is secretly a 60-year-old Cuban man. If you follow any of the pictures he shares on his own personal account, this guy plays bocce ball more than anyone else I know. That's true. That's true. He loves uh, his uh, bocce drinking and cigars. I think think today he was playing dominoes with the other. I don't. I don't doubt that. (laughs) I don't doubt that. He may as well be a retired six-year-old man. Uh, Of course, we're talking about TK. Uh, You know him. Uh, We've mentioned him on the show many, many, many times. Uh, but he is, of course, a producer-level patron, and we are very happy for his support. Big shout-out, buddy. Yep, thank you very much. And then... Takes us to Rob Ryan. Yes. Thank you so much for the beer tonight, bud. We will both tell you that we are never going to buy that on our own, but it was a good test. It was, it was nice to try something else. Yeah, definitely nice to try something different for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we appreciate that very much. Um, Almost as much as we appreciate your continued support. Yeah, it's great. And we appreciate it every single month and every week we do this show because you allow us to do it. So thank you very much. Big shout out. Still love your name, by the way. If you guys need to know more about that joke, listen to any previous episode. Or just go to Pornhub. I might leave that in. I don't That's know. That's fine. Either one. It'll be fine. All right. And then lastly, that brings us to our I Love You 3000 level member. That is Joe Perezident. Uh, if you listen to episode 63, you got to hear his sexy voice for about an hour and a half uh, as he is the uh, man behind, well, the Comic Shop Couch podcast. And uh, to, to find another man who's running another podcast and still takes time to support your show, well, that's just straight up special. And we 100% appreciate his support uh, and um, really everyone's support here on the show. So you have all definitely earned this applause. All right, everybody. So listen, as we finish these beers and say cheers, we thank all of you for listening. Please remember, no matter what platform you're listening to us on, like, rate, review, and hell, even share the show. Uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash galactic dads for bonus episodes exclusive only to Patreon subscribers. 
and much, much more exciting content over there. Plus, you get to get your hands on Sweet Galactic Dad's merch. But till next time, we thank you guys for listening and keep on doing the dad thing. See ya.